We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's February 14th. It is the day of love. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. Joined today by my good buddy, Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, we got 12 NBA games. The last podcast for about a week, we got the NBA All-Star break. Coming up this weekend, Daytona 500. Ton of stuff happening with that, but no NBA. Last NBA because I think there's like two or three games on Thursday, but we'll be back in about a week. What's happening, my friend? Yeah, monster slate here. We're, I think we're going to have all kinds of shenanigans as well as the all-star <laughs> break looms for sure. Tons of teams on back-to-back. It's it's going to be a crazy one. Um, it cannot be worse than the Tuesday night slate for me, though. Uh, I mostly faded the Miami value that was looking to be pretty popular early in the slate, hoping to get some news later on in the slate. And it looks like everybody's going to play. And Miami absolutely crushed. Uh, Jovic smashed. Duncan Robinson smashed. Even Kevin Love got there late. So looking like a rough night on on Tuesday night for me. But hopefully we'll get it back on this nice big slate here before the All-Star break. Yeah, big slate. Um, I'm 2-0 in bets. I bet three things. I was super busy. I had to go over to the racetrack today. um, So didn't play any DFS. I know Bam had – he had a good game, right? Yeah, Ben so, played well. Hero busted, but everybody, yeah. pretty much everybody else on the Heat got there. Uh, Hakez was the one Heat value piece I did have. Ended up not starting, and and he did not get there. Yeah, I mean, so very interesting slate, but um, yeah, ended up doing some bets two and zero so far. Took Jonathan Isaac over blocks and steals, and then we did the squad ride. Which was um, Claxton under, I think, 22 and a half points and rebounds. And we talked about him yesterday, how 
sharp and simon's playing is going to hurt that so when i saw that was a squad pick um i was super happy about that so if you are not in the rg discord you should get in it rotogrinders.com slash discord that way you can take advantage of the squad ride so each day one of us right now it's chief will pick a scores and odds post you can't pick your own and um, something you're confident and everybody jumps on you have some fun with it we had one a couple weeks ago and it was about a week ago uh that went 10 picks in a row alex um yeah, so incredible there run there yeah no pressure guys but the wife's valentine's day gifts um depends on y'all's picks so oh. <laughs> wrong podcast um <laughs> we're, we're a first look podcast um so don't don't put too much weight in this one this is uh like especially on this slate yeah, yeah. Th- this one's gonna be way different by the time it tips off um but we're, we're definitely here to break it down different scenarios and things like that we'll, we'll talk about the good spots but keep in mind things can certainly and and most definitely will change on this slate i have a couple bets i like so i will say that <coughs> there's a couple things that i've already bet we get started here as i get a tickle in my throat atlanta excuse me atlanta at charlotte 237 and and a half total here atlanta seven point favorite capella and a kongwu out matthews out as well on the charlotte side ball and williams out um let's talk about the atlanta situation here i mean is this a spot where they're gonna have to play bruno fernando 25 plus minutes i mean no a kongwu no capella Next man up situation, I would assume it's going to be Fernando. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, this is an awesome game environment. Two t- teams that, that play pretty fast, Atlanta especially. Neither one plays defense. So we're, we definitely want some pieces from this game. Capella and Akangu both out. How do they not play Bruno Fernando? Um, you have Nick Richards on the other side. He's a pretty pretty big guy. Um the game could go small at times, but Richards is a guy who generally plays 30 minutes a night. I'm trying to like even think who they could run as a small ball five. It's probably uh, Johnson, Jalen right? Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's not the biggest dude in the world. I'm not sure he has enough size. He has the length to, to maybe contain Richardson or Richards. Um, but like maybe DeAndre Hunter, like they don't have a ton of size outside of Bruno. I don't think they're going to play him for much more than like 24, 25, that range. And more likely, I think they would, they would like to keep him in the 22 minute range, but man, they may not have any options. Um, If Richards is eating whenever Fernando comes off the the floor, like you could see 28, 30 minutes from Bruno Fernando. And he's a really good per minute guy. Uh, Assuming that he stays out of foul trouble. I I think 25 minutes is absolutely a possibility in this spot. And he, no matter how how much news we get, Fernando's going to be one of the top values on the slate. Jalen Johnson's one of my favorite plays today. Uh, I just I don't want that to go overlooked. This is a phenomenal spot. His shot attempts are in that double digit range. He's going to get more rebounds in this game because Charlotte doesn't rebound. And I mean, this is in a spot that he can get assists, steals, blocks. I think that this is this is one of those like spots where you're looking at Jalen Johnson going, I really think Jalen Johnson could go for like 50 plus fantasy points. I mean, this is that type of game. So ton of interest in Jalen Johnson here, put up 39 fantasy points against this team earlier this year. I think the situation's a lot different here with Noah Kongu and Capella, Fernando top end value play. 
I think DeAndre Hunter on the cheap side at 5K is worth taking some shots on here. Trey Young is phenomenal if you think this game's going to stay close. DeJounte is in play as well. Don't think I'd play both of those guys together. My main target here from Atlanta is going to be Jalen Johnson. Charlotte side of this one, new look Charlotte team. You know, we keep talking about it. Uh, Trey Mann, I think he at 5K is still too cheap if he's going to be playing this type of minutes. I, I think that he's going to be a top top end like value play until they price him differently. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Charlotte? Yeah, I completely agree with the Trey Mann call. Um, we saw Meechich close the first game that they rolled him out here. Uh, but man did play 34 minutes in that last one. I expect man to be the lead guard in the, on the Charlotte team, um, at least until LaMelo returns, if LaMelo, LaMelo returns. Um, Michich is still an interesting pivot. He's 4K, so you save $1,000. Um, but Miles Bridges is the guy with the awesome role on this team without LaMelo. Brandon Miller has not played well with the arrival of Trey Mann and, and the new guys. Um, Seth Curry is there as another shooter. Like we saw Brandon Miller take a big leap um, at first after the trades, but now that the Trey Mann and Michich have kind of worked into the rotation, Grant Williams as well. Uh, Miller has not played well the last couple of games. Miles Bridges has. Um, Bridges is more expensive, but I think he's still my target here. Uh, Atlanta is an awesome matchup. So this Charlotte team is worth figuring out. Grant Williams has been phenomenal in his two games with Charlotte as well. He's 4,300. I definitely think he's worth taking a look at. Um, the shot attempts, double digit shot attempts in each of the first two games with Charlotte. He's been active on the boards as well. Um, 30 minutes in each of the two games, Grant Williams at 4,300, I think is, is a top value as well. I like that call. He closed, um, the second and fourth quarters. So first and second halves in that Pacers game, that was a close game. They ended up winning. So, uh, they closed with him, Martin Miller, Michich and Bridges. So Trey Mann played 33 minutes and he didn't close that fourth quarter. So I think that's definitely something to kind of pay attention to. I like Trey Mann's value still. We talked about him. You talked about Bridges and his role. I'm a little down on Brandon Miller, but we kind of want Brandon Miller to struggle a little bit and like let his price come back down in that low 6K range and we can take advantage of it again. He has upside on every single slate. I mean, he does. He's a good shooter. We didn't uh, talk about Nick Richards like we did on in the Atlanta side, but I think he's very much in play as well. Uh, minutes have been down a little bit recently, but Atlanta doesn't have any size in this in this matchup. So um, if he can get upper 20s minutes at 5,600, Nick Richards very much in play too. The only thing that I'm concerned about, like looking at this matchup, is like we see Grant Williams play a lot more and Nick Richards just kind of gets weeded out. Like we've seen Grant Williams against Jalen Johnson at the five or Sadiq Bay, like somebody like that. Like, so while I don't mind Richards, if they use Richards, if they play him 30 minutes in this game, I think he has a lot of upside. I'm just worried about him losing minutes in this game. And I think Grant Williams, I think I said it, but if I didn't say it, I think Grant Williams is one of the best value plays on the slate today. Yeah. All right. Hey, <laughs> Miami. At Philadelphia, 223 and a half total in this game. Philadelphia, a three-point favorite. Miami, second end of a back-to-back. We'll kind of see. Um, we know Jimmy Butler won't play. They said he's not going to play. Um, I assume that a sprained knee for Rozier means that he's not going to play. 
in this game. And we know that Josh Richardson is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So we know on the Miami side, we're likely not getting Butler, Rozier, or Richardson. Does Robinson play on the second end of a back-to-back dealing with the injury? Does Kevin Love play on the second end of a back-to-back? Um, just being Kevin Love. And then on the Philadelphia side, Batum, Covington, Embiid, Harris, and Melton are out. Let's go Miami first. Um, like you said, a lot of potential. They they had a ton of potential. They crushed Milwaukee. I mean, they beat Milwaukee by a 26. They played great defense. Um, we saw big games here from Jovic, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Bam had a triple-double. He played phenomenal. Off the bench, Kevin Love had 19 actual points and eight rebounds. When Kevin Love is getting minutes, he's going to produce. I mean, he's just that type of player. Jacquez, he did okay. Not fantasy-wise. He's like a 12-3-4 game. Um, what do you like here for Miami on the second end of a back-to-back? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to know what they're going to do. Like you said, we know they're going to be at least in as good of a situation as they were on Tuesday with Butler, Rozier, and Richardson out again. Um, and it's the all-star break coming up. There's no reason for them to push those guys. Rozier, the only one I think who, who is not already ruled out. Um, they said he was week to week, so there's just no reason I for highly him to push doubt him. he plays. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not playing in this one. It wouldn't surprise me if they rest like Kevin Love in this spot. Um, Jovic, assuming that he starts again, and why wouldn't he after the game he just put up? 3,100 would be my, my first look again. Um, Duncan Robinson should have a role dealing with that injury. Maybe he sits again as well. Like they could be extremely shorthanded, even more shorthanded than they were on Tuesday. But no matter what, like assuming that Bam plays in this spot, he should absolutely smash. Philly has been beaten up inside uh, with Embiid on the, the sidelines. Uh, Paul Reed is just not a fantastic defender inside. Bam should absolutely feast again. A little hesitation because of the back-to-back, but uh, I mean, it's just an, it's another awesome spot for Bam. Um, Jovic is way too cheap, assuming that, that he's starting again. I, I'll go back to Hakez. Um, he's should have the ball in his hands a ton with uh, Butler and Rozier and Richardson all out. Um, he's essentially their backup point guard, which is why I, I don't think they, they'll start him. Uh, give opens up the opportunity for some somebody like Jovic again, but I still have interest in Hakez, even though he he was one of the, the worst performers on Tuesday. Yeah, Jovic, if he starts again, is the best value play on the slate. You don't overthink it. I mean, you just play him. So really like him. They there's the shot attempts are very spread out. I mean, that's the concerning thing here when you're looking at value. Caleb Martin only took like three shots, he was really cheap on FanDuel. Tyler Hero, he only took 16 shots. We all kind of assumed that his shots would be up, but Jovic shot so well. Robinson shot so well. Um, So I I think overall, for me in this spot, it's Jovic very high up on the list if he starts again at 3,100. But it's also like just sprinkling shots of Robinson, Hero, and Bam. I mean, Philly's going to be shorthanded in this game too. Like we, we talked about it. No Tobias, no Embiid, no Batum. No Melton. Let's talk about Philadelphia just in general here. Uh, Buddy Heald has come over, and he's been playing big minutes. He's 6,300. This is not the same Buddy Heald that we have had all season. He's come over here, and he's like, hey, they're going to let me shoot, and he's shooting. Um, So I don't know what the situation was with him with Indiana, but I think we have to like what we're seeing from him in this Philadelphia uniform. If he keeps shooting, he's going to you know, be a guy that we're looking at Paul Reed, 
he's someone that's going to play minutes in this game. Mobamba off the bench is going to play minutes, but I think we're going to find better value plays in general. What do you like here for Philly? Yeah, I would start with Buddy Heald as well. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has honestly been a little bit disappointing uh, since Embiid has been out. He's had a couple big games in there, but like you figured Maxey is the one who would just absolutely take over and just have enormous usage. Um, he's been a little bit disappointing, so I would much rather save the money and go down to Buddy Heald, who's playing big minutes and he's shooting it really well, like you said. So 6,300, I think he has a ton of upside in the spot. Kelly Oubre right there at 6,200, I think has upside to pay off that price tag as well. I, I don't think I would touch Paul Reed, assuming Bam is in on the other side. Just a really tough matchup for him uh, where guys like Heald and Oubre are in much better spots, in my opinion. Campaign has played well as well. He's that, he's at 4K. He's not playing a ton of minutes, low 20s. Um, and I think there's going to be enough value on the slate where we don't have to mess with that. On a different slate, I wouldn't hate a shot on campaign, but probably don't need it on this slate. I think, like, when you're looking at campaign and, like, KJ Martin from the same team, I think we would prefer campaign, though. Like, if you're going to play one of the value guys, I think I'd lean campaign, but I just don't think you're going to need it today. We're By the time this slate kicks off, there's going to be 10 to 15 notifications on our, our phones from the RG app saying, like, who's in and who's out here. because. This is this is the perfect opportunity if you don't have the back to back on Thursday to rest your guys for almost a week. Yep. All right, we got the Knicks and the Magic two fourteen total. Orlando two and a half point favorite. OG Randall and Mitrob out. Hartenstein and Divincenzo questionable. Orlando second end of a back to back. They did not have anybody on the injury report for Tuesday's game, so we'll see if anything comes out. They have been resting some people on the back to back. Just in general, um, DiVincenzo has been playing fantastic. Hurt his hamstring the other night. Um, still ended up playing like 41 minutes in that game. So we'll see if he plays or not. Hartenstein, he's been banged up. He's been in or out. Precious has really been playing a ton of minutes with Hartenstein out. My biggest thing here is this is a perfect opportunity to sit DiVincenzo and Hartenstein and I don't love the matchup for anybody from New York, but I mean, Brunson's usage would be through the roof. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you on DiVincenzo and Hartenstein. They're like, there's no reason for them to push them. I think they sit this game and then they get the full week off, um, especially Hartenstein. Like there, there's just, there's no reason for it. Um, I assume that means that precious plays over 40, min- 40 minutes again. Um, <laughs> he's, he's just been doing that on a regular basis for like two weeks. The price tag is is sky high, but he's going to play 40 minutes. There, There's upside. Like you said, not the best matchup here. Um, Brunson, probably the, the other one I would look at if DiVincenzo is out. Uh, not, a, not a great matchup for him either, uh, but if DiVincenzo is off the floor, like who's going to take the shots? Um, certainly Bojan will take some. We know Alec Burks likes to chuck, but Brunson should have as much usage as he wants uh, if DiVincenzo is out. The cheap guys... Bojan just, I'm not sure of the role. It's a little bit concerning, only 23 minutes in that in that Houston game. Um, if I knew he was getting 30 minutes, I'd have interest at 5,900, but I'm a little concerned about the role, kind of the same with, with Alec Burks. Um, and because it's a difficult matchup and a huge slate, I probably don't need to mess with it here. Burks was just shooting terribly. I don't know what was going on with Bojan. He was 53% from the field. You would assume that he would have gotten more minutes in that game, but 
Yeah, Jericho Sims played like 29 minutes, still just doesn't do much. Um, so not typically a guy I want to play. And I mean, honestly, this is a really tough matchup for the Knicks. The Magic are a great defensive team. Both of these teams play slow. This game has a 214 total. I mean, it's the lowest total on the slate. It's lower than Houston and Memphis. So it's just not a, like a juicy game by any means. Looking at the Orlando side, I just want to kind of see if anybody sits or not. I just again, not a game that I love. Obviously, you could take shots on like Franz or Paulo if you wanted to. Um, I'm just I'm not really interested in a lot of Magic players here. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like New York has been playing awesome defense, but they could be really short-handed in this spot. So I don't hate tracing upside with Paulo or Franz. Um, I don't think we'll need the Jonathan Isaac value that that was in play on Tuesday night. I don't think it'll be on play in play in this game. Uh, shout out to you, Van Gundy on the broadcast Tuesday. I was watching the game said that Isaac might be one of the best defensive players in the NBA. And I was like, well, Stevie's been saying that all season long. So shout out to you um, and your magic, but I don't have a ton of interest here either. I think I'm chasing ceiling with Paolo. Maybe Franz is about the only thing. Yeah. Terrible game. And maybe he was just nervous with them retiring Shaq's Jersey or something because he was like minus 24 or something. Um, the bench just the bench got absolutely crushed. Everybody off the bench, like Anthony, Mo Wagner, Isaac, they just all played terrible. Um, I, I was watching that game and they just they got crushed. But anyway, um, yeah, just not a ton of interest in Orlando unless they start ruling some people out. But they they play too many minutes. Like Gary Harris gets enough minutes where it like matters, and like Fultz and Suggs and Anthony, like they all just play minutes, and it's just it's it's frustrating. But we got Brooklyn at Boston, same game. We just had this game. I don't know if this is like a makeup game or something because of like the in-season tournament or something along those lines where they just needed to make up a game somewhere. But here we are, um, 226 and a half total Boston, 13-point favorite. Back-to-back for both teams. We'll see Porzingis ended up missing the game on Tuesday. Wouldn't shock me um, after they beat Brooklyn if they sit him out again. Cam Johnson is um on track to play <laughs> who knows um let's go brooklyn here first day we did get the notification before the podcast started we were talking about it but ben simmons is not likely to play in this game which not likely to play means he's probably gonna sit so what do you like here for brooklyn on the second end of a back-to-back um thomas and bridges were the two like main pieces that had really solid games against boston here on tuesday yeah i didn't like the the game much on on tuesday and i don't like it much again here unless we get multiple pieces out um i'm surprised at that cam johnson news as well thought for sure they would rest him through the all-star break not surprised by ben simmons sitting this one out at all um i think that raises the ceiling for claxton um a guy we were fading on tuesday night for sure took, took his under and hit it I think it's a better spot for him now. I know Dayron Sharp is back, um, and that could potentially limit his minutes, but I still feel like uh, Simmons is really the guy um, that hinders Claxton's upside. So I'm not saying I want to play him against Boston. I just think he's a better play Wednesday than he was on Tuesday. I don't have a ton of interest in this Brooklyn team. It's probably Bridges or Cam Thomas as a guy to just score a bunch of points in this spot, but it's a really tough matchup. So unless Boston is is resting multiple pieces – um, I'm probably not not looking for Brooklyn exposure. On the Boston side, I think that they'll probably rest Horford for sure on the back-to-back. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so maybe that means they'll they'll need Porzingis, but certainly Horford, I think, will be out. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, as far as like Claxton is concerned, Simmons has been eating into his rebounds. So, yeah. you know, that was one of the reasons that we liked the under so much for him on Tuesday. And like Horford played 37 minutes and played big minutes, and Horford just being out there is differently um different. And then like overall. For me, if Horford sits and Porzingis sits, then you're getting a lot of like Cornet. And I, I think that's a matchup that Claxton can win. So I, I want to see what happens here on the Boston side. Outside of Claxton, sure, you could take shots on a guy like Bridges. He, he just does everything. Um, but it's just not my favorite spot. I know he had a big game. I, I just don't, I don't think I want to chase it. On the Boston side here, you know, obviously we're going to be, Assuming that Horford sits because he doesn't play back to backs, and if Porzingis is in or out, will definitely matter. This like back thing for him has been, you know, kind of. I feel like they've kind of been resting him a little bit when they can. So maybe they bring him back in this one because Horford's going to sit. Maybe they sit them both and we get Cornet value at thirty six hundred. What do you like here? I mean, Tatum's the guy that just went absolutely nuts on Tuesday night. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if one of Tatum and Brown sit in this game either. Like, Boston could just – I think both of these teams, honestly, could just kind of punt the game and say, let's just – let's take the week off and, and get into the All-Star break. But we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, assuming that Porzingis is back, I, it's, again, not a game that I have a ton of interest in. Um, Tatum is about the only piece I ha- I want if Porzingis is in there. Maybe a couple shots on Porzingis. I'm just not convinced he's fully healthy. Um, I don't, it, it's always Tatum over Brown for me, and I think I'm just chasing the, the stud that goes off again. Um, and I, I won't have a ton of Tatum if, if everybody's in. Yeah, like Porzingis, when he's been playing, he's been really good in his 28 to 32 minutes. He just really hasn't had like that 35 to 40 minutes ceiling and they just haven't needed him to do that um so even in games that like horford sits like his minutes don't necessarily go up um middle of january was the last time he played over 35 minutes so we're almost in the middle of february and this is the yeah, this is like the last game before the all-star break um so yeah and like tillman someone in chat said tillman he has been dealing with like a knee injury i don't think they're rushing him back because i do think they want him to be a part of this um, team just in general. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right, Indiana at Toronto, two forty-two and a half total in this game. Pacers a three and a half point favorite. We got Halliburton, Matherin questionable, Jalen Smith out. 
RJ Barrett questionable for Toronto, and it's a personal um, question mark. So we'll see. Um, he missed Tuesday's practice too. So we'll see if he's in or out here. Uh, let's go to Indiana first. What do we like here for the Pacers? Tyrese Halliburton played 34 minutes. We are we are so close to full-blown Tyrese Halliburton territory. And this is a great matchup against Toronto. They've really struggled on the defensive end uh, since trading away Ananobi and Siakam. I think this might be the day that I just jump all in on Tyrese Halliburton. I love this spot for him against uh, Toronto. If you guaranteed me you'd play 34 minutes again, I think he's too cheap at 8,900. Um, even if I only get 31, 32 minutes, I still think he can smash in this spot. So Halliburton is my guy here for Indiana. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in the rest of the team now that Halliburton's working back to full strength. Like Miles Turner, I suppose you could take shots on. Um, Siakam just hasn't shown a ton of ceiling. Um, I, I do think he's better with Halliburton Dude, playing more minutes. Hold on, hold on. You're, you're just overlooking the fact that like he's going back to Toronto here. Oh yeah, I did completely overlook that. You're okay, right. I'm not this, a, this I'm not a, like a, I'm not a huge revenge person, <laughs> but there is no way Siakam doesn't put up at least 15 plus shots in this game. You make a good point, sir. <laughs> I'm just listen. Whether you want to play the angle of revenge or the fact that like he's getting a matchup that is winnable, it's just. Listen, he's going back to Toronto. He's he's going to be pumped for this game. Yeah, there's no huge, doubt. I'm not a huge revenge narrative person, especially when it's like a year and a half later and it was a mutual like separation of no, ways. No which, mutual here. <laughs> yeah, and it was like two weeks ago. So it's very fresh in Siakam's mind. I completely agree with you. He's going to be looking to go off in this spot. I already bet his point I over. I still like Halliburton, <laughs> like but you're you're absolutely right. Siakam is is very much in play. Yeah, I already took his. Uh, I think it was twenty one and a half or something like that. So I already took the over on that. Full full revenge bet. That's all it was. Um, no stats needed. Uh let's go to the Toronto side. Uh, just like all right, if they're gonna run like Kelly Olynyk, no offense to like Kelly Olynyk, and like Bruce Brown and these guys out to try to stop Siakam. It's just not going to work. Like, that's my, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the difference. Um, as far as Toronto, if Barrett is out, I, I love this spot for Barnes and Quickly. Um, way more interest in Barnes than Quickly, just because, like, kind of want to see Quickly's minutes get back up into that range. But I think he, if in a close game, he would play 35 plus minutes. But I mean, Barnes is not going to come off the floor outside of getting some breaks here. Um, love Scotty Barnes if Barrett sits. Barnes is going to be the guy they try to neutralize Siakam with, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he guards the ball a lot too, but I don't know. that That's an intriguing matchup for sure. Um, RJ Barrett has, is a guy that I've played a bunch since coming to Toronto. It's worked out pretty well. Um, I do want some exposure to this Toronto side as well. Indiana has been a team we've attacked all season long. So it, it is a little bit more difficult now with a couple of new pieces here. Um, I still think it's it's Barnes, Barrett, and Quickly are the main three. Not not a big Pirtle spot for me. Um, I like it's fast. Should be a fast paced up and down game. Um, give me give me Barrett, Barnes, and Quickly are the, the three Toronto guys I want to target. I have one more Toronto player, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, there you go. That that is your <laughs> that is your 
let's get weird gpp play that you can wait for um in the in the world of uh podcasting they call that a tease um <laughs> chicago at cleveland as long as it's not gary trent we're good it's not good. I don't ever talk about Gary Trent. <laughs> Chicago at Cleveland, 220 and a half total here. Cleveland, a nine-point favorite. Caruso questionable. Levine and Williams out. Wade questionable for Cleveland. Terrible spot for the Bulls. Um, just terrible spot in general for the Bulls. But, you know, it is here. What are your thoughts here when it comes to Chicago? Yeah, really tough spot. Um I do think this Bulls team has more upside with Levine out or like DeRozan and Kobe White have more upside without Levine, obviously. We saw Io play extremely well without Caruso in the last game. I just, I don't love this spot for them against Cleveland. It's a really tough spot. Even if Caruso misses, I don't think I have a ton of interest in the Bulls. Torrey Craig is cheap again, but I think the value on the slate is going to be plenty where we don't need to chase Torrey Craig. Uh, He did start and play 27 minutes in the last game and actually performed pretty well, um, put up 28 DK points. So like, he's not the worst play in the, the world, assuming Caruso's out and he's starting again, but I think there's better value that we'll have on the slate. I don't love this game um, just in general here, but yeah, like if Caruso ends up sitting, I think that AU is someone we could take shots on. His minutes have just been through the roof here recently and, he, like, I was very high on Kobe White the other night against Atlanta, and, like, AU just had a phenomenal game. Um, it's not like Kobe White even played terrible. He just had a really bad first half in that game. Not a ton of interest in Chicago overall, and honestly, just not a ton of interest in Cleveland overall. Everyone's kind of priced appropriately. Mobley coming back has hurt Allen a little bit for him to be 7,100. 7, he would probably be my favorite if I was going to target something here on the Cleveland side, but I mean, Mitchell at 9,700, I just like guys in this range a little bit more than Mitchell and better matchups. Yeah. It's a tough spot for Cleveland just because Chicago plays so slow. Um, they, I'm not sure if it's still the case. They were the slowest team in the NBA. I actually have it here. Um, yeah, still dead last in pace are the Chicago bulls. So it's just a slow game environment overall. Mobley's not playing full minutes yet. Garland's getting close, but Still 31's the most he's played. I don't think I can target Cleveland in this spot. I think Mobley is the guy, and if he's not going to play 30 minutes, it's really tough to, to want to target him in a, in a slow-paced game. Oh, yeah, it, it it's just not my favorite game. That's all I got. Houston at Memphis. Hey, going from that game to this game, uh, there it's a 12-game slate. We can be picky. There's going to be a lot of value on this slate. There's going to be a lot of things to target on this slate. We can be picky. Houston at Memphis, 217.5. Houston, four-point favorite. Adams, Eason, Van Vliet, Whitmore out. Bullet questionable. Bain, Clark, Ja, Pittman, Smart, out. Rosen, Zier Williams, questionable on the Memphis side. It's like writing a book when you do Memphis injury <laughs> report. Um, let's talk Houston here first. Any interest here in Houston? Yeah, I mean, just a really shorthanded Memphis team. Um I think with Van Vliet still out, Amon Thompson very much in play still. Um, 38 minutes in that last game was very nice to see. Price tag at 6,500. Still think there's some meat on that bone. Jabari Smith definitely in play as well. Um, Shingun is is probably the highest upside play. I definitely think you can take some shots there. 
Um, prices come off that 9K a little bit. Hasn't shown a ceiling in quite a while, but this is a good spot for him to get back on track against Memphis. They just they don't have a ton of, of bigs uh, or just front court bodies in general. Um, traded away Xavier Tillman, all the injuries that they're dealing with. I think it's a good spot for Shangun to get back on track. Uh, Jalen Green has been a guy who's shown off some ceiling here recently, but I don't love targeting him at a $7,600 price tag. I think I'd save the money and go down to uh, Thompson or Jabari Smith. I will say that like Thompson and Jabari playing more and more, like it really hurts Sangoon's rebounding. Um, like, so that is my only concern about like paying 8,700 for him in a game that might blow out too. And I would assume like with the all-star break right around the corner, he'd be one of the first guys off the court, but with Thompson starting, just eating into Sangoon's um, rebounding. So just something to note and pay attention to and continue to watch and see if it, becomes like a, a thing that we need to worry about so i like thompson at 6500 jabari's starting too and the rebounding for these two guys have just it's crushed sangoon's rebounding so um yeah i mean overall i like sangoon i just don't know like if he's not getting the double double for the rebounds is he worth 8700 at 25.6 assists and five boards probably not right so that's my that's my concern with Sangoon. Don't mind the Jalen Green call. I like Thompson. I like Smith. Um, on the Memphis side, I mean, the only person that I even remotely trust right now is Triple J, and I don't love this spot for him. It's a tough defensive matchup. Williams has been playing a ton of minutes here, at least 35 and four straight, and the shot attempts have been anywhere, but the assist rate has been fantastic. He's only 6,200. He'd probably be my favorite here. Um, and then we have been, you know, talking about Santi a little bit really, but I just, I don't know necessarily love this matchup for him either. Yeah. I don't like the, the matchup for triple J Aldama kind of the same thing. Um, minutes have been really solid, but tough spot here against Houston. It is worth talking about the point guard situation though. Uh, they've been kind of rotating starts between Gilliard and Scotty Pippen. Uh, Scotty Pippen started the last game, but he got hurt and looks like he'll be out for this game. So Gilliard could potentially pl play 30 plus minutes in this spot. It's hard to trust him. He's, he's played 30 minutes and not been great before, but he's 3,900. That's a pretty cheap dart to throw. Um, I would say, especially if Derek Rose is not active for this game, then Gilliard is almost locked into 30 plus minutes. I think you could certainly take shots there. Um, I don't know if I want to target like Trey Jamison, I think has upside or will have upside in the second half. Don't know if he has quite the role yet that, that we can rely on him. Um, is Gigi Jackson out again? I'm not sure of what that situation was. I know he's he got in. like suspended. Okay. If he's back, then it's probably not the spot to target Trey Jamison, but I, I do like Gilliard at, at 3,900. Um, and I, I really like him if Rose sits. All right, we got Washington at New Orleans, 236.5 total here. Pelicans, a 12.5-point favorite. Livers out for Washington. Daniels out. Zion and Zeller questionable. Could be a good spot for them to rest Zion. Um, give them a couple extra days here. What are your thoughts here on Washington? Um, This team is never fun. It's a terrible matchup against New Orleans. Um, I will say they're playing a little bit more consistent minutes. Um, since their coaching change, like we've seen them come away from like the 28 to 30 and now they're more in that 32, 34 range for guys like 
Kuzma. Abdi has been playing a ton of minutes. Um, even Tyus Jones. I think the spot I'm looking to here is Marvin Bagley. Like, I have no idea how many minutes he's going to play. Um, he played 28 in the last one, which was pretty solid. Um, the game before that, he started and only played 15 minutes as the game just kind of went small. Um, with New Orleans having Valanchunas and Zion on the other side, I think there's room for Bagley to play 30 minutes in this game. Um, I just, it's not the matchup I want to spend up for Kuzma. Obvious kind of price adjusted for his big minutes recently. So give me a sprinkle of Bagley, but it's it's not a great spot for Washington. I'm going to pull it up, but um, his point prop has been really low, uh, Denny. That is like his point prop has been really low, and I've talked about it the last couple times. Um, just pulling it up. See, he's at 14 and a half. I, I feel like with his role right now, that's just a low number. Um, so I think I'm going to jump on that one again. I just, after the, the trade deadline, we sometimes get some value in numbers. And like Denny's, he's shooting a ton right now. So uh, he's hit this prop in five of his last six games. So I think we continue to pay a little bit of juice here at minus 120 and keep betting his point prop. Just I just fired away at it. I like it. But Overall, I mean, Washington, not a team that I love. I like the Bagley call. Um, I think there's room for him to play plenty of minutes in this game. They have been playing Colby. He just doesn't do it a lot, man. He just doesn't. He's getting 30 minutes and just not doing a lot with them. Um, So I think if anything here, Denny would be my favorite. And then Bagley. Denny's shots are just what I want to target. If Zion sits, I have a ton of interest in Trey. Um Murphy in this game at 4,900 fast paced spot could be a nice value play on this slate. Ton of interest in Brandon Ingram. If Zion sits after that though, I mean, are we, are we seeing this team like in front of our eyes kind of like switch to like Larry Nance? I just, I don't know what to feel about like Valanciunas and Larry Nance right now. Cause the last game, I, I don't know if it was injury or what, but they ended up starting. They started Larry Nance in the second half over Valanchunas, and he played huge minutes in the second half of that game. He had an eight-minute stint and then a 10-minute stint. So if we see the news that, like, Larry Nance is going to start this game instead of Valanchunas, I don't know if it's, like, they're being careful with Valanchunas's calf injury, but if Larry Nance starts this game at 4K, he might be the best value play on the slate. We've seen that Nance start the second half over Valentinus a couple of times in the past few weeks. Um, so this is it's some it's a trend that's been happening, but uh Nance missed a few games in there uh for injury. And he's never played 30 minutes, I don't think. Um he's he even when he starts the second half, he usually lands in that like 24 to 26 range. So the 30 minutes, that's that's entering a whole new territory. Um, if they just outright start Nance, I agree. He's a tremendous value play at 4K. I, I still am not confident in the minutes, even if he's starting, but you feel better about him than when he's coming off the bench. He's a guy who's a big per minute producer. He doesn't need 28 minutes to smash. He could absolutely smash in 24 minutes. So definitely keep an eye on that. I think Nance is in play regardless of whether he starts because they have shown a willingness to go to him over Valanchunas, especially to close games. And now if he's going to start the, the second half as well, which he's done three or four times already. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think he's in play. Uh, the rest of my exposure here, it depends a lot on whether Zion plays or not. I think if Zion is in, he's the target uh, 7,600. He's been playing 
pretty solid and the minutes have been pretty solid for him as well. 35 in the last one, 32, 35. Like he's, he's been in that 35 minute range a lot more often than he was earlier in the season when he was playing like 31, 32 minutes. Uh, so I think Zion has a pretty good ceiling at, at 35 minutes of playing time in a matchup with Washington. Um, sign me up. We know Washington doesn't rebound very well. Um, so I, I think you could look at Zion. I think you could look at Valanchunas as well. I think I don't think anybody's going to touch him with the risk for minutes, the minutes to go away. Um, but I think it's a spot where he could absolutely put up 15 rebounds if they do run him out there for 23, 24 minutes. Um, I struggle to get to Ingram and McCollum if Zion is playing. If Zion is out, they're two of the best plays on the slate. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I feel like my analysis is very close to yours in this game. Zion matters a ton for the slate for me. And the only thing that I will say, there's no chance I'm playing Valentinus today. Um, I'm just... That's fair. I mean, there's uh, a like, ton of rest there. Yeah, I'm just... The reason. The reasoning is, like, he's been dealing with this calf injury. They've been limiting his minutes already. It's a, We're about to get a week off. Like, this is a yeah. perfect opportunity for them to say, hey, you know what? Let's not hurt that calf. If you want to play, maybe he has like a contract incentive to like play and he ends up playing like 18 minutes or something. I just I don't trust him whatsoever here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass personally. San Antonio at Dallas, 241 and a half total. Dallas 11 and a half point favorite. Bassey out, and then on the Dallas side, Exum out, Cleaver and lively questionable. So um both bigs here are questionable for Dallas. But after what we saw the other night from Gafford, I don't think it matters. Um, Lively would matter, but I think Gafford would start over Cleaver, um, even if Cleaver is good to go. San Antonio first. Wimby is he? He's a video game. Uh, I mean, just another level. Just another level. Um, I was looking it up. We haven't had a quadruple double since I think it was Olajuwon in '96 or '94. Um, it's happening. I, I don't know if it happens this year. <laughs> But it's happening. I mean, this guy, can you imagine when he starts playing 35 minutes a night? Like, he, he's going to be in the Luka Jokic price range. And, I mean, just a phenomenal play. Just outside of him, it's just so hard. Like, we love point guards against Dallas. But it's so hard to trust anybody outside of Wimby. Um, do we have interest in Trey Jones at 55? Is there better value? I feel like there is. I think it's Wimby or nothing here for me on San Antonio. Yeah, Wimby is is absolutely the guy you're looking at. The ceiling is enormous, as he just showed us again. Um, the minutes not being there does not really matter. Um, he's going to play close to 30 minutes if the game is close. Uh, they'll limit him. If, if the game gets out of hand, you'll probably end up in that 24 range. Uh, but if the game is close and he's playing well, he's going to be up 29, 30 minutes and – He's shown it multiple times, plenty of ceiling uh, in 29 minutes. Um, he's he's went over 50 multiple times, 78 in the last one with the 10 blocks. is obviously an outlier performance, but I wouldn't put it past him to do it in any given night. So Wemby's still too cheap despite the limited minutes. The only other guy I have slight interest in is Devin Vassell. Um, he's, he's shooting the ball a ton. He's very scoring dependent, but I feel like this is a pretty good matchup here against Dallas. Um, Kyrie on the other side doesn't really scare me. Luka doesn't play much defense. So good matchup against Dallas. I think Vassell could could find a ceiling game at 6,600. All right, let's go to the Dallas side here. Um, I mean, obviously, any slate that Luka's on, he's one of the highest ceiling players. His ceiling is a little bit lower when Kyrie's playing. Kyrie's been playing really good. His price is up there where it's tough to play him. 
Gafford, if he starts, I have interest in Gafford in this spot. But, I mean, gosh, I really want to play Luca, Like, Luca wimby combos. And I think it just kind of depends on, like, what we get throughout the day value-wise if we're confident enough to be able to make that work. I, I think there will be enough value where, where we can try some Luca Wemby lineups. And, man, that, that sounds amazing. Um, I wouldn't like 150 would... <laughs> plus point ceiling. Um, that is yes. Incredible. Is it like um, maybe even higher than 150? Like the ceiling might legitly be like almost 80, 200. 80, right? yeah, yeah. Like like 160, I think for sure is, is within range. We've seen Luca go for close to a hundred before. So yeah, I mean, you could be looking at like 180 as like a true ceiling. That's it's insane. Um, but Luca just, he continues to play so many minutes. Obviously, there's blowout risk, which is why I like the Wemby on the other side call is because he's the guy that's going to keep this game close, um, whether it's through blocks in the paint, holding Dallas down a little bit, or whether he's just scoring a ton. Um, like To fit the stack in is, is going to be tough, but I think there's going to be enough value on this slate by the time by the time we get, get to it. Um, I love the Gafford comments as well. Like, he just looks like he's going to be an absolute force with Luca drawing all the attention, Kyrie spacing the floor a little bit. Like Gafford really has a chance to go nuts here. 24 minutes and 54 DK points, 55 almost. Like, I don't know that I'd expect that level of output, but he's still only 6,100. Like you don't need that level of output. If you, if you tell me he's going to play low twenties minutes, I'm, I'm on board at 6,100. Um, don't think I'm touching anything else. So if when Lively comes back, like I don't think they put push him back for this game with the all-star break looming. Um, but if Lively were to come back and start, I still think they just split the minutes basically, right? 24-24. Lively was never a guy they ran out there a ton anyway. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You think Lively would, would play big minutes? I don't think Lively plays in this game. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. I know he's getting close, but I mean, this would give him an extra week um, recovery time. So I don't think he plays. If he does play, maybe like Kleber just gets knocked out of the rotation and like we see a like 24, 24 minute split, which I really like to play Cafford for me. I really want Lively and Kleber to both miss this game. Or at least lively. I'm not worried about Kleber getting 24 minutes. I'm not worried about it. I think that I think ultimately they'd want Gafford to close, and Gafford has more upside. And I think this is a better Gafford spot than Kleber anyway. So I don't think Kleber matters as much as lively. If lively comes back, this might be an opportunity. It was a it was like a nose injury, right? So like this is an opportunity for maybe they, to get him like 15 minutes of game minutes. And I still don't think that bothers. Gafford that much but I mean his upside is definitely these guys missing this game yeah I don't have anything else to add my my Google Chrome right now does not like me it is so <laughs> laggy it's so bad um I was gosh. wondering what was going on over there you seem yeah. very distracted by something <laughs> I'm trying to fix it as we're going I have 
so Daytona week, I have probably a hundred more tabs than I normally do. Um, I have so much betting stuff up for the podcast. But anyway, LA Lakers at Utah, 239 total. Utah, a four and a half point favorite. Lakers will be on the second end of a back-to-back. Utah has nobody on the injury report. This game should be phenomenal. Um, the game with the Lakers here on Tuesday night is kind of <laughs> Stevie and shambles. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> it's just getting kicked off, but I mean, they're off to a huge start against Detroit. We might not see big minutes down the stretch for these guys. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Lakers? Yeah. I mean, it depends on who plays obviously, right? We know AD and LeBron are probably coming into this game with Q tags. Uh, as has been the case pretty much all season long. It's a back-to-back in Utah as well, so I have some concerns here. Um, I think there's a decent chance that one of AD or LeBron rests in this game. And if that's the case, like you just load up Russell and Reeves and and whichever of the big guys is playing. Um, It's pretty easy. Interested to see what Dinwiddie's role looks like. I don't think it's going to be a massive role. If anybody, it, it probably hurts um Austin Reeves I think we'll we'll have to see what what it looks like um like there's certainly a chance he could cut into Austin Reeves minutes even D'Angelo Russell's I suppose uh but Russell's played played pretty well I feel like he's he's earned the right to to keep the minutes he's playing um but really it's it's an awesome spot outside of it being a back-to-back that's my only concern and then we'll we'll just see who if AD and LeBron play if if everybody's in I don't have a ton of interest. Probably AD would be my my target just for the ceiling game. Great matchup against Utah, but I don't know. It's it's a tough spot going into Utah on a back-to-back. For what it's worth, Dinwiddie was the first person off the bench. Um, I was paying attention to that. We got to watch that. If Dinwiddie gets like 25-plus minutes here against Detroit, might take some shots on Dinwiddie at 5,300 against Utah. Um, so I think that's something to pay attention to it is just a Dinwiddie situation here on Tuesday night and kind of react to that, especially if someone sits, um, it would just be, I, I don't see how that would hurt a guy like Dinwiddie if someone ends up sitting in this game. So um, I'm crying over here cause I closed a lot of tabs to try to, <laughs> I gotta go reopen them all. Um, <laughs> Utah side of this one, it's always marketing for me. He's always up at the top of my list. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'll get to a lot of him here. It's not, I mean, this game is great and I definitely don't mind targeting this game. It's just like the pricing is kind of right for marketing Sexton, Collins, Clarkson. If we thought like Kessler was going to get minutes, you know, you could potentially take some shots on him. I'm going to keep saying, I think Keontae George at 4,200 is something we want to keep talking about because he's eventually going to have a good shooting night. And when he does, he's going to hit his ceiling at 4,200. Yeah, two names I have interest in, Walker Kessler and Keontae George. Um, George's minutes have been really solid recently, uh, up to th- 29 in the in the last game, but he shot two for 10 from the field, like you said. So he, his performance wasn't great, but the minutes have come up since it, that they made the trades. Um, they're playing him and Dunn a little bit together. I think Dunn has a little bit more upside than, than he's had for most of the season as well. But Keontae George is a guy who I think has big ceiling, so – Let's catch that big big game before he officially breaks out uh, and that price tag starts to go up. I, I will have some Keontae George. If people are are scared of recent performance, I all I see is big minutes, big minutes. Um, like you said, the shooting's going to come around for Keontae George. So love that call. 
Uh, I like Walker Kessler a little bit as well. I know it's a really tough spot, especially if AD plays. Uh, but his minutes seem pretty safe in that 26. I think eventually he he sees like 28 minutes on a regular basis. Um, has been back into the starting lineup starting next to John Collins. Um, I do think that limits his upside a little bit. Like Collins has been playing playing really well. Um, has been rebounding a ton. So maybe not as many rebound chances uh, for Kessler as we, we're used to seeing now that Collins has kind of come around a little bit. But I still think he's too cheap if he's going to play 26, 28 minutes. Um, five, five K salary. I, I can take some shots on Kessler. The other thing I wanted to just talk about in general here is the fact that they started Keontae last game. If they end up doing that again, Clarkson's second team usage is going to be massive. Um, so I could see myself taking some shots here on Clarkson if Keontae starts again, because it's really just like at that point on the second unit, it's going to be Clarkson and Chris Dunn, right? Like those would be your scorers on the second unit. So I was quickly trying to pull up um, his one game usage from George going to the starting lineup. Let's see what it was. 25%. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Jordan Clarkson could be that second unit um, play if Keontae George starts. If you think this, I think this game is going to be competitive and I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Sacramento at Denver, 230 and a half total here. Denver, a six point favorite. Sacramento on the second end of a back to back. KCP and Murray questionable for Denver. I mean, even with Jamal questionable, this line seems a little weird. Like the the hardest NBA back to back is going into Denver. We talk about it all the time. Um, so they're playing Phoenix, tough team on Tuesday night, and then they have that dreaded back to back going into Denver. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Kings? Yeah, I mean, really tough spot for them. Um, De'Aaron Fox is. 7,900. Um, I think you have to look at that. If if Sacramento is going to play with Denver in the spot, I think Fox has to play better than he has. Off to a good start on Tuesday night. So if that continues, maybe he's breaking out of his little slump that he's been in over the past month or so. Um, so I don't mind taking shots on De'Aaron Fox at 7,900. I don't know if I can get to, up to Sabonis in this spot with Jokic on the other side. Um, if I'm playing one of these Kings guys, it's certainly because – more than likely that I have Jokic in the lineup and I'm looking to run it back. So probably can't get Jokic and Sabonis. Um, I, Malik Monk is always a guy I never hate taking shots on. He just has has those random spike games every once in a while. Um, this, and they seem like they've been more frequent here with uh, Deer and Fox struggling of late as well. I think Herter and, and Keegan Murray both are playable as well. Uh, Keegan, especially if Trey Lyles is out again. So just keep an eye on the injury report there, but I, I think some of these uh, secondary pieces in the 5k range are playable. It's not a great spot, but their, their pricing is cheap enough where they can still find ceilings. Yeah. I mean, Sacramento side, like I, I Fox has been listening to the podcast cause I've been smashing this guy. Um, <laughs> he's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta shut this TV guy up. He's crushing. Um, Sabonis has 40 points, and it's not even halftime yet, fantasy points. So <laughs> he's just so good. Um, any given night, Sabonis has that ceiling. Hate the back-to-back aspect, and going into Denver might stay away um, from playing a lot of Sacramento. Sabonis would be my favorite. And then on the Denver side, I think Jamal Murray matters a lot for this slate. They kind of priced Reggie Jackson like Jamal Murray was going to sit in this game. Um, I thought that was 
really interesting to see Reggie Jackson's price get bumped. I don't have FanDuel in front of me. You could take advantage of it on FanDuel. Um, but Jamal Murray, doubtful um, from what I just read from Mike Malone's comments here on Twitter. So I assume Murray sits. I mean, does that bump up a guy like Jokic, knowing that like he's going to have the ball in his hand a little bit more? Are we paying this price tag for Reggie Jackson? Uh, what are your thoughts here on Denver? Yeah, Murray is certainly interesting. Um, Jackson, yeah, Jackson at 5,700. Like that feels about appropriate. I'll have to dig into that a little bit more. Um, I assume that he jumps into the starting lineup and probably plays 28 to 34 minutes. Um, 5,700 just feels like too much to pay for Reggie Jackson, though. Can't deny the role increase, but th- that's a big price jump. Um, I Like Jokic, I know I certainly want a piece of, um, especially on, on DK here, where he's 11-3. I think that's very reasonable. I like the spot. Sabonis doesn't scare me on the other side. Um, I think you can definitely bump ceilings for Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon as well. They're both in play for me. Uh, Pace up spot for sure against Sacramento. Denver plays slow, but Sacramento should push the pace here. Peyton Watson potentially um, maybe finds a few more minutes um, with if Murray sits, but it's going to be Jokic first and obviously. And then I think MPJ and, and Aaron Gordon are both in play. I'll have to do some more digging on the Reggie Jackson stuff. If we get KCP out as well, then then we might be going even deeper here to like a, a Peyton Watson or Christian Brown. Yeah, I think Christian Brown would be interesting if KCP and Murray both sit. Um, I don't think they'd want to play Justin Holiday a ton of minutes, but maybe, you know, we've seen it here recently. I think Brown has a little bit more upside. I don't like the price for Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I don't either. 5.4K on FanDuel too, like, I mean, I think that price is just too high. Like, do we really think Reggie Jackson's going for 40? Like, because, listen, we're going to have a ton of value on this slate. It's a 12-game slate. Like, we need need 40, I think, on both sides. I just don't think he's going to do it. Um, So, I think, like... He was, he was 3,900 two days ago. This is definitely the sites being proactive, which you like to see. I mean, there, there's no reason not to adjust his price for the role that he's expected to have. So, they're they're definitely proactive, expecting Murray to miss this game. Yeah, I mean, because what he's six to ten percent here in that range, probably like five to ten yep. percent. And then, like, yep. if he's thirty nine hundred, he's thirty percent. So, yep, good for the sites. All right, Detroit at Phoenix. Both of these teams on a back to back two thirty nine and a half total. Phoenix a fourteen point favorites. Um, Bradley Beal highly doubt he plays in this game. Hamstring injury five minutes into the game on uh, Tuesday night, not coming back. Doubt he plays. We'll see on Detroit. Isaiah Stewart's been out. I don't assume that um, he'll be back, but they did say, I think, like after the All Star break for him or something. So, uh, what are your thoughts here on Detroit? Tough team. Um, need to see how this game plays out because we like the trade deadline, obviously. This is a different team. So, every bit of information that we have is going to be useful. Um, we saw Fontecchio take a bunch of shots in the first game. Fontecchio jumped into the starting lineup so far on Tuesday night and has absolutely bombed. He's a minus 16 plus minus so far. One shot attempt. One shot attempt. So yeah. maybe the Fontecchio experiment is over. This is this is a really tough team to figure out now that we have uh, a new rotation in what was already a, a very difficult rotation to figure out. I wouldn't be shocked if Cade sat on the second end of a back-to-back. So this is going to be definitely a wait-and-see game. Um 
I think Ivy's going to be in play no matter what. Um, Duren's going to be in play. I don't know what to say about the rest of the team. Um, Cade's in play if, if he does play on the second night of a back-to-back. But as far as the rest of the rotation goes, with the incomplete second game, so we've seen one and a half games basically with this group. Um, we'll have to see, I guess, what how the how Tuesday night's game plays out and then what the starting lineup looks like. There's a lot of moving parts here for Detroit. Well, I mean, I was on Fontecchio yesterday on the podcast, and then they announced like Evan Fournier is going to play. What out of where? Like why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, exactly why? They they have literally they are the second second quarter is just starting. They've played eleven people, eleven yeah, people. Probably a team to stay away from until they narrow down this rotation a little bit. Yeah, might be the best. I mean, like <laughs> okay, if. If we start getting okay, it's a back to back, right? If we start getting some people ruled out, I think you can start looking at Detroit. But if they're going to come into this game and every like they're going to play 10 deep, how do you play Detroit here? And then it's a 12 game slate again, like it's a huge slate. We're not talking about a four game slate, we're talking about a huge 12 game slate. So on the Phoenix side, no Bradley Beal means Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon are going to play more minutes. Um, I mean, fantastic matchup against Detroit. If this game stays close, KD and Booker definitely have some ceiling uh, thoughts here on Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, you you target ceiling with Durant and Booker for sure. I, I never played those guys together, but either one of them could absolutely go off in any spot. Great matchup against Detroit, obviously. Blowout concerns, obviously. Um, but I think taking a look at guys like Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, uh, also very much in play. I probably Nurkic just not a guy that I play a ton. I don't hate the spot for him, uh, but just the minutes are a bit in, insecure. Very much like the the Valanciunas situation, like he just gets played off the court at times. Um, if I knew he was getting thirty minutes, I'd have some interest, but I, I probably don't need him on the slate. Yeah, I mean, Katie just keeps rebounding. Like he he had one rebound in the first quarter, and I think he's at six or seven now um, with the half with halftime kind of ringing it like. He's just rebounding so well right now. It's so interesting for like us to be talking about like Kevin Durant double double upside with like rebounds. Um, he's averaging six rebounds per game this season. But if you look at his recent rebounds, like uh, this is something that I highlighted on the podcast yesterday. He has at least eight rebounds in four or five, and he's definitely trending towards having at least eight rebounds here on Tuesday night as well. So when he's rebounding like this, it just adds more upside to him. He's at six rebounds at halftime. So. I mean, just continue to take shots on KD for me, especially in like the prop game. Like his point rebound prop is probably going to be too low for me. So I'll probably jump on that again, but we won't get that until the morning. All right, let's play the morning grind game. 12 games in the books. Bill said this podcast was going to be 100 minutes long. Bill, we are in the middle. <laughs> we are all-star break NBA. We know what we like and we know what we don't like. There'll be situations that we talk through for sure. Baseball right around the corner. Can't wait. Um, yeah, I mean TNT showing that Sabonis just Sabonis is on another level. Like, might be sneaky, sneaky good. Uh, it just we know how good he is. He's just he's playing on another level. So All consistent right. too. He does it yeah. like every night. Like never has that down game. Yeah, just every single night. Like, gosh, could you imagine Sabonis and Halliburton playing together? Gosh, that would have been a combo. Yeah. Yeah, it I know it probably wouldn't have worked out, but 
trade right. wise. It was but... really hard for them to move that Fox contract. I think they would have loved to trade Deer and Fox instead of Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. And it, like it's hard to play both of them on the floor together. So you get why they had to move one. And Fox's contract was pretty much unmovable. So I guess they ha- they had to get they had to ha- like move Halliburton to clear clear a path. Getting Sabonis back was a fine return, but they they certainly would have preferred to trade Fox. I think. Do you think Sabonis could win the MVP, or do you think his his name is not big enough? Market's not big enough. Yeah, it's the market that's the biggest problem. Um, like Jokic is probably the guy at this point. I would think that he's going to have trouble overtaking. Um, like you talk about the voter fatigue, I guess with Jokic a little bit. I guess there's a path. Like SGA kind of has that same problem. I think he should be in the conversation, but he's in a really small market too. I was just curious what your thoughts were. All right, let's play the morning grind game. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you like? I'm going to go Bruno Fernando here. Even if he only plays 20 minutes, I think there's there's a good chance he can go 7X at 3,600. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go Grant Williams. I think there's a road for Grant Williams to play big minutes in this game, especially like this game potentially going a little bit smaller. So play 30 minutes in back-to-back games. Grant Williams at 4,300. Charlotte is shorthanded. I mean, I mean, it's not even they're shorthanded anymore. They just kind of traded some people away. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Donovan Mitchell. Just a really slow game environment. I don't think there's anything wrong with Donovan Mitchell, but um, it, he's with 9,600, and Chicago plays at the slowest play, pace in the league, so I think it's going to be tough for him to get there today. That's what I had written down as well. Um, I agree with you 100%. I don't know who I want to pick now. I guess I'll go Maxi. Tough matchup against Miami. He just hasn't been fantastic recently. I think he's gone over fantasy 50 fantasy points, like one out of his last five games, and gets a terrible matchup against Miami. So give me give me Maxi here. Um is Sabonis he is not an all-star. Was he not an all-star? I don't remember. He he certainly has been the last couple of years. I can't remember if he made it this year or not. Like I, I was uh, TNT popped up something that like he's not an all star. That that's kind of crazy with the year he's having this year, and he has been multiple times in the past. I know. I'm so curious. Is, <laughs> did, he did get snubbed. He there's a video yeah. six days ago. He missed the all star. What the heck? Anyway, all right. Um, favorite six X play. Sorry, I'm too super distracted by my TV. There. How is this guy not an all star? <laughs> I know somebody who is an all-star, Tyrese Halliburton. I hope people are sleeping on him today. Um, 8,900, if he's going to play his 34 to 36 minutes in this game, um, he's too cheap. Awesome, awesome matchup as well. So really like Tyrese Halliburton. I like that call. I'm going to go Wimby. Um, (laughs) And it's not even, it's not even the 78 fantasy points last time out. It's the, this dude has so much upside in this matchup. Um, I really like Wimby a lot. So a reserve, a reserve is not an all-star, right? Uh, I'm so I'm so like I'm tilted by him not being an all-star. <laughs> so he's like an alternate, you mean? If he's an all-star reserve, he's an all-star. But if he's an alternate, then he's not. No, a- there's articles saying that he's not an all-star. Why is Sabonis not an all-star? I am so 
I, I don't pay attention to the all-star game for what it's worth. I, I record it and I watch it eventually, but it's Daytona 500 weekend. So I never watched the all-star break for, I mean, the all-star game for the last few years now, but I'm so tilted by Sabonis not being an all-star. Um, he's averaging 21, 14 and nine. He's the definition of an all-star. All right, I'm I'm done being tilted. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got for us? I don't know how sneaky this guy is going to be. Um, I hope that Rose is questionable for all all day long, basically. And I hope that a bunch of value opens up and people are kind of turned off by Gilliard not performing just to an elite level in these spots that he's been given here recently. But Gilliard, 3,900, tough matchup against Houston. If Rose ends up getting ruled out, I think he's looking at like 34 minutes in this spot. So I'm going to take some shots on Jake Gilliard. I like Grady Dick today at 3,300. We were talking about this game. If RJ Barrett sits, this is definitely dependent on RJ Barrett sitting or not. But if RJ Barrett sits in this game, Grady Dick is 3,300. He's played at least 20 minutes in four of the last five games. I think he'd see closer to like 26 to 30 minutes in this game if Barrett sits. This guy has low-key been shooting the ball fantastic recently. He's been double-digit points in three of his last five games. Fantastic matchup here against the Pacers. So Grady Dick is my let's get weird GPP play of the day here at 3,300. Throw you for a curveball there, Keith. Yeah, I was not expecting that name. I thought uh, somebody dropped in chat Bruce Brown revenge. I thought maybe that's the angle you were going. That was the game you were talking about. But yeah, Grady Dick is not, not what I was expecting to hear. Yeah, listen, you made me laugh when you said Gary Trent Jr. Come on, man. We've been doing shows long enough together that you know great Gary Trent Jr. is not coming out of my mouth. I didn't mouth. actually think that was coming out of your mouth. All right. <laughs> let's play. Let's go to the betting portion of the game here. Uh, any pick them or player props that you like? Yeah, I, I like Tyrese Halliburton over 11 and a half assists. Talked about him getting up to uh, 32 minutes in that last game. Love the matchup here or 34 minutes it was love the matchup here against toronto they've really struggled on the defensive end since the trade deadline so tyrese halliburton expecting those minutes to keep trending upwards um like him over 11 and a half assists leading the nba in assist rate of course like it i'm gonna go jalen johnson over 28 and a half points rebounds and assists in this game should see more rebounds just automatically with a kongwu and capella both out He's played at least 35 minutes now in every game, (laughs) every game since January 20th. Um, The minutes have been super consistent for Jalen Johnson. Love the spot for him going up against Charlotte. They're a bad rebounding team. They don't play defense. This game projects as one of the fastest paced games on the slate. Really like Jalen Johnson. Have a second one as well. I really like Sangoon's under nine and a half rebounds. We were talking about it as we were going through that game. Looking, digging into it a little bit more as we were talking about that game, he has a 15.4% rebound percentage on the season. When Thompson and Smith are both now, who are both now starting, are on the floor with him, it goes down to 11.4%. So a 4% decrease in Sangoon's rebounding rate with those guys on the floor. The number, if you look at the game logs, it's going to scare you. But if you look at the last couple of games that these guys starting, his rebounds are way down. So I'm going to play the trends here, and I'm going to take Sangoon's under nine and a half rebounds. That is a great nugget there with the the on-off-the-court stuff. That court, I, court IQ tool over at Roto-Grinders is 
one of the most helpful things in the industry. Yeah, and like I'd I'd be interesting to see what like his rebound chances are the last couple games with like Thompson and Smith starting. Um, so I'll probably dig into that a little bit more, but I, I bet both of those already. Any final thoughts before we get out of here for a week? We we're off for a week. Yeah, this is going to be a wild one. Should be lots of news with all the back-to-back stuff and a lot of teams being their last game before the All-Star break. So as always, but definitely today, stay stay tuned into the news cycle. Enjoy the All-Star break. Refresh. Get that brain sharp. Enjoy some time off. Uh, I know some of you will dabble in some NASCAR. You'll probably dabble in some NHL, but take a couple days for yourself as well, especially if you're grinding NBA every single day like we are. Take a break. I mean, this is the this is why we have the All-Star break. It's the time to rejuice your batteries. Um, so I'm excited for Daytona, but I'm also excited for having a couple weeks, couple days off after Daytona. So enjoy the All-Star break. We're back, I think, Thursday next week. I don't have the schedule up in front of me. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure we're back. Yeah, Thursday. Hey, and it's Keith. Keith hey. comes back with us on the 22nd. So there you go. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you guys again next week.